Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Unless deliberately chosen by someone, deliberate or forced isolation is never pleasant. And it's worse when it's foisted on a person or society under the guise of health and safety. Now, if someone wants to self-isolate for one reason or another, that's completely up to them. They have the freedom to do that. However, to be forced by government agencies to isolate, allegedly because it saves lives, has not only not been proven, but in reality, it appears the exact opposite is true. Forced isolation comes at a cost, and that usually translates to a person's increasingly poor health mentally and physically. So people who isolate by choice or are forced to isolate due to health problems or other things miss out on the benefits of participating in society. God has clearly stated that it was not good for humanity, Adam, to be alone, Genesis 2.18. Now, in that particular case, God was obviously referring to partnership in marriage. However, it is also clear from the context that Adam had no one of his kind that he could relate to and with because everything else that God had created was of the animal kingdom. Certainly, animals can add greatly to our lives, but they're not meant to replace quality interaction with other human beings. Recently, my wife and I traveled to the West Coast to help her 93-year-old mother move into assisted living. That's never an easy decision for anyone. And to many older folks, it feels like they're losing their freedom, forced to exist in a situation they often do not see as being mentally and emotionally healthy. So the family previously paid for a care person to come in five days a week to be with my mother-in-law, help prepare her meals, take her to doctor's visits, etc. Others checked in on her frequently during the weekends, yet she was still somehow and somewhat isolated at home and was often by herself alone at night. Well, after I spoke with her, expressing our concern for her health and the potential for her to harm herself through falls, she admitted that living by herself was getting difficult. So my wife and I and my wife's siblings planned the week we could be there to help move her into her new apartment at a local assisted living place. Turns out she chose the same place that my wife's father lived in until he died. Now, this particular assisted living place had some of the same people working there that were there when my wife's father lived there over 10 years ago. And that's, that's a good sign. Moreover, my wife's dad had a cat, Moochie, that he was allowed to bring into the facility to live with him. When my wife's father passed, the assisted living place adopted Moochie and continued to care for him to today. And we got to see him while we were out there. Well, after moving my wife's mom in, she was slightly demanding, which is natural because older folks do not want to lose control. And in an assisted living situation, they tend to feel as though they are losing control, leaving, you know, having to hand over the decision making to others. And by the second and third day, though, she was actually said she was happy there. So we were thrilled about that. We spent two full days moving her furniture in and doing our best to decorate her apartment like the home she moved from so that she'd feel more comfortable. It was really worth the effort, and I'm so glad we were able to help out there. 
since she has gone on field trips, uh, moving in and has enjoyed numerous activities at her new residence, including meeting new people, it's all been good. So really, my mother-in-law had been far more isolated when she lived by herself at home than she is now at the assisted living facility. My wife's mother can do as much or as little as she wants every day. My mother-in-law had noted that during COVID lockdowns, how alone she had felt. She really couldn't go out living in California, where lockdowns were nearly state-of-the-art. She would walk from the front door of her home to the back door, maybe go out into her small fenced backyard. That was pretty much it. Prior to COVID, she had been involved in weekly exercise classes, but the lockdowns put the exercise place out of business, like so many other businesses. She became much more sedentary and susceptible to falling. How many other folks, elderly, died in quote-unquote isolation because they couldn't hug loved ones and were essentially kept prisoners as though in solitary confinement? You know, this is also tragic. On the way home from the West Coast, we flew into Dallas to catch our next flight. We had a layover of a few hours that gave us the chance to wander around the airport. And I noticed that there were several eateries, one from Amazon, in fact, where there were no clerks. You simply inserted your credit card or code from your phone to gain admittance to the store through the electronic gate. And once inside, whatever you took and held was noted by the cameras so that when you were ready to check out, it did it all for you. Then when your purchase was approved, the exit gate would open, allowing you to leave. There was one gentleman standing outside the store at the entrance who was there to answer any questions a customer might have. I walked up to him and said, you know, I miss having people here. He smiled and nodded, saying, I'm sorry, sir. He explained the process. We went in, bought what we wanted, and walked out with a receipt emailed to me. I started thinking of that situation and realized what it was. It was actually another form of forced isolation that is clearly creeping into society, designed to keep people from interacting with other people. We are being trained to do without that interaction, face-to-face -face interaction, replaced with forms of AI, artificial intelligence. So the new AI store is essentially devoid of other human beings, creating isolation for many. People who are isolated from other people are not able to plan get-togethers, for instance. Certainly, they're not able to come together in massive protests against government collusion and corruption unless you happen to be part of Antifa or BLM. Those mostly peaceful protests, as they have been called, are fine, apparently. Patriots, conservatives, and Christians speaking out against government overreach and encroachment is simply not allowed, though. What globalists have in mind for us is to get used to not having other people to interact with, except through our phones and social networks. They want us to isolate and learn to be content without interacting with live people in person, face-to-face. -face. Social media is not true social engagement as human beings have been used to for untold generations since the beginning of time. Social media is an artificial construct that only makes people think that they're actually engaging and interacting with others when in point of fact we simply communicate in memes and or sarcasm for the most part. Moreover, we have no clue if the many 
people we are interacting with are actual people or bots programmed to seem like real human beings. And let's not forget there are plenty of paid actors on social networks whose purposes are solely to divide people and ramp up that kind of interaction. I happened to mention the situation with the store we had just gone into at the airport to my wife and in our waiting room and another gentleman who was also waiting overheard my conversation and he agreed. He also added that we have done this to ourselves by allowing it. Well, I couldn't agree more. It's been a slow incremental process of forced isolation from society, from one another, but we've gotten used to it. So we don't even really question it anymore, do we? So when Klaus Schwab says, we'll own nothing and be happy, what he means is that we will all become wards of the state. The state will take care of everything we have and in exchange for it, provide a universal basic income. And by taking care of everything we have, that ultimately means that they will take what we have in exchange for a universal basic income. And that basic income will tide us over from one month to the next. There'll be little chance to save anything and get ahead because what the state gives will be used for housing and food primarily. Traveling will be severely limited, so cars won't be needed. But what's to stop them from taking things away once they achieve what they want? Well, in essence, the state will control you. How will you be happy? virtual reality in the virtual reality world. Put on some goggles, start your adventure without ever leaving home. You'll come to interact with others, whether they're real people or bots, who knows. So you will feel as though you are doing human things with other human beings, but totally within an artificially constructed digital world. You'll also be quote unquote happy through your mandated obedience. Just consider the number of movies released over the past five years or more that have virtual reality as the main theme. Ready Player One, Ender's Game, The Matrix, all of those, all of them focus on virtual reality and escaping into that world, that digital world. Coincidence? We've, we've been moving away from live interaction with people to far more screen time on our devices. And has that been good? Well, who knows? I don't think so. Epic Times wrote an article on how screen time creates problems for people. Here's a quote. Billy was a bright 10-year-old boy with two Ivy League-educated parents. He was book smart, got straight A's in school, but he lacked street smarts. He was also a poor sport. Billy would frequently lie and cheat when playing board games or participating in team activities and have full-blown meltdowns when he lost. His friends, who had been with him since kindergarten, began losing patience, and his parents recognized that something had to be done. Unquote. So the parents brought him to a pediatric psychiatrist who specializes in how screen time affects children. I'll, I'll go further than this. It doesn't just affect children. I think it affects all people, including adults. Here's more. Quote, after a four-week screen fast prescribed by Dr. Dunkley, which eliminated all TVs, phones, and video games, Billy's problems miraculously cleared up. His parents were so pleased that they decided to maintain the fast. Well, six months passed and Billy's friends were no longer avoiding him and his sportsmanship had improved markedly. Billy decided to run for class president, delivered a speech, 
and something he would have previously been terrified of doing, unquote. So social media that we engage in through our cell phones and computers are not real life. While they may cause people to believe they're interacting on a true human level because of its artificial nature and peer pressure to conform, much of what we interact with through our phone and computer screens simply derails and negates our inherent humanity. And that's tragic. Ultimately, it appears that this is what globalists have planned for us, and they're pushing us toward that. You have the choice of being part of it or not. You do. Recently, globalists met at Davos to discuss, quote-unquote, disease X, climate change, and a number of other things they believe it is incumbent upon us to be aware of and to adopt. Ignoring those issues, they say, will apparently mean our certain demise. We're going to destroy the world. Now they want us to stop drinking coffee, and I've got links for these things in the transcript. Do you believe globalists will stop flying around the world, avoid eating real meat and drinking real coffee, preferring bugs in a more plant-based lifestyle like they want us to do? Well, one of the latest things is apparently the Arctic ice is melting, but it's really not. It's just another scare tactic. And people who believe all of these things will continue to fall in lockstep with those who seek to control every aspect of our lives, just like they lined up for the mRNA jabs and boosters. And many continue to do that. Many continue to wear masks because they think it's health. It's healthy, it's safe, but it's not really. They've done too many studies already that prove those things aren't as good as they said they were. Now, I've said this before, that I really do not think globalists will get exactly what they want. In fact, they're so blinded by their egomaniacal lust for control that they will likely create many poor, more problems than they will solve. But in truth, climate change, while they say it's a problem, is an artificially created problem that they say needs correcting, when all it will do is remove freedoms and grant globalists more control. It's what they want but it is not based on any form of reality. Now, as usual, we all have a choice. Maybe we should all start living more like the Amish, building local communities where trade and barter is the norm. Something we'll give, probably in 2024, possibly after the November elections, unless, of course, globalists lose control before then. Who knows? It's not going to be pretty either way. And uh, too many people seem to be completely unaware of problems that are coming our way. All of it is really artificially constructed to hide the truth from us. So just remember, you do not have to comply. Just quietly, without fanfare, say no. Thanks so much for joining me. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 